Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts. We've been buddies for a long time, and we enjoy sports and hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast. We keep on teasing each other that we're sort of old and over the hill and every part of our body hurts. All right, Ernest, tonight, what part of your body hurts and keep it clean? Uh, my pointer finger on my right hand, my knees, my calves. Um, that's about it. Your Other pointer that, finger? Okay. How does your pointer finger yeah, hurt? I don't know. I don't know. It's, I haven't been able to fully close it in about a week's time. I don't know if it's the weed eater or trigger I'm cutting finger. down trigger finger. Yeah, I guess I got to shoot left-handed. I got a Billy the Kid. I got to be a left-handed gun now. Yeah. I just I just can't. And that, that's been for a couple of weeks now. And I got this bad, I won't get into that. I have something <laughs> yeah. in my lower body. Yeah, people love it's hearing just, other people complain about yeah, their physical that's ailments. Right. <laughs> hey, my ailments. No, that's, and yeah. my heart. And my heart always aches. No, I have no cardiovascular problems. I'm, right. I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm 64. And generally speaking, I'm in pretty good health. I mean, I see other people my age. That, physical or mental? Ooh. Uh, both probably. You never asked anyone over the age of 55 <laughs> how you're doing because you're going to get a medical history. Yeah. You know, forget forget HIPAA. They're going to tell you everything. More than you want ate. to know. Yes. And, and and now they'll tell you they're magnetic because they got the COVID shot. So Oh, I hadn't heard that one. one. You're magnetic? You hadn't heard that? Yeah. This is, this actually was a woman who appeared in front of the Ohio legislature. There's a stupid rumor going around in, uh, on, uh, on the internet, which is for basically constructed of, that was a redundant statement. Wasn't <laughs> it? Uh, and that the COVID exam makes you magnetic. And there's this woman who appears in front of the Ohio legislature and she starts sticking keys to herself saying the exam made her magnetic. There's this not a real doctor. Hey, that's a superpower. What are you complaining about? I was going to say, you you're magnetic. Wouldn't you be Magneto if you could do that? <laughs> I would love to do that. Magne and the trick is she's oily and she's greasy. That's why things stick to oh, her. Oh, oh, she's so uh, dirty, things stick to her. Yes, crying. yes. Wow. Because in real life, it's, it's, it's like, I'm sure you did it as a kid, the old spoon deal. You know, where you rub your nose, yeah. you fog up a spoon, and you hang the spoon from your nose. Yeah, sure. That's our DYI for the day, folks. It's the same basic thing, but it's this dumb rumor going around. Again, redundant, dumb, room, dumb rumor on the uh, Why We're Web uh, that's going around. And it's it's quite hilarious to see the plausible stupidity people will fall for. Mm, it mm. is, it's, again, we may run out of gas. We may run out of oil. We may run out of electricity. The sun may burn out. But there'll never be a shortage on stupidity. And now you're back to my favorite country song again. God is great, oh. beer is good, and people are crazy. Um, oh, yeah. I, so the only thing I'll say real quick about physical ailments is uh, my lovely wife decided to give me for my birthday custom-sized running shoes because I've been saying, if I only had the right shoes, I'd start running again. And she wants me to be in good shape to hang around. So we went up, paid way too much, like three times as much as I've ever paid for shoes, or maybe twice as much. And um, I actually went out running last couple times this week. Feels great, except for the next day, right? And then your thighs hurt, and then other parts hurt. And this is the part of the podcast I tell you, folks, we're not going to talk about this forever. It's just that at some point in your life, you watch sports and think, I could do that. And then there becomes that moment you go, 
Oh, I could never do that. And we're watching the NBA playoffs right now. Here's my transition. And guys are getting hurt left and right. And some guys we have a lot of compassion for. And there's other guys like Kyrie Irving that we have little compassion for. Is that right, Ernest? Well, let's just say he's like those comments on the Internet. He has a lot of stupid ideas also. He's a flat earther. So, and, and, and just goes to show you the value of a Duke education. Oh, ba bum Thank you, thank you. You set me up so Last well week you, I, I bum, you dumped on Kay, and this week you're going after Kyrie. Well, I mean. Next week will be Danny Ferry. He's fragile. Uh, Danny Ferry caused his own problems in, in why he got fired at Atlanta as the general manager of the Hawks. Remember that little story, didn't he? Don't uh, you? I Lula don't. Dang. All right, he well, was... Well, stay on uh, Irving for a moment, then you can go to Ferry. Okay, then we'll go to Danny Ferry later. Well, we'll save Danny Ferry for a teaser for another day. I'll all tell right. you that story. But, Kyrie, uh, it's interesting. Well, injuries all around have affected these playoffs. And, again, it's the condensed season. It's the, the shortened period after, you know, the playoffs ended in October. The season started at Christmas. And you see how injuries have affected almost every team but Phoenix which is why Phoenix is probably the favorites, even though Chris Paul has a history of injuries. You've got Utah with, with Conley and Mitchell, who's probably the best backcourt left. Uh, if either one of them are up to snuff, uh, then there's a chance for the Clippers to get in. And, you know, MB being injured with Philadelphia, uh, you've got already you've got Harden and Kyrie hurt on the Nets, and now they've let the Bucks catch up. It's 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 not the pure talent. It's who's not injured is going to determine. This really is like the road to Baton in these playoffs. There's a World War II reference in case y'all are not familiar with I was about to say, you want to have annotated notes for this podcast? Yes, annotated notes. That was, uh, that was in the Philippines. That was a death march of American prisoners who were taken to an internment camp a by the Japanese. story. Yes, and, and less than 20% made the entire journey. So there, now you know the rest so of the story. There's another cold reference. You <laughs> yeah, like there's an old reference. Well, you know, I com- earlier when we were preparing this, I compared us both to Waldorf and Statler, and no one's going to know who they are. And they the were the two Muppet old men show, in the Muppet Show, which went off the air the about Muppet 1989 show. or something. Yeah, but Disney Plus has showing the reruns. So All right, back to, back to basketball. Back to, back to NBA. All right, so from my point of view, this playoffs have lost some of its luster because of L.A. Lakers being out and teams not playing well and some of the injuries. And, you know, the Celtics are not in. It's one of my favorite teams. Of course, Pistons are not in one of my favorite teams as well. And I'm looking at this list. I'm thinking, which team that's left do you feel like Really, it's their turn. You know, they've played well in the past. It's their time to win it. With the injuries, Phoenix is the team with the least injuries right now. So it's Chris Paul's time. He's he's a long time. Why not let the old guy win one? This is the first time he's ever made it to a conference final. Uh, They are the least injured team. Uh, Atlanta's too young. Embiid. The second half of the game last night was 0 for 12. He has no lift. He can't block shots. He rebounds with his feet on the ground. If Embiid's injured, Philadelphia is diminished. Uh, Jonas 
he hits less than 60% of his three throws. That worries and concerns me. Uh, I don't know if Middleton and Holiday can be, can rise to that team. And they don't play very smart because the Bucks are scoring the majority of points inside because the Nets can't defend in the lane, but they're still jacking up threes like nobody's business. And they've got some injury problems also. I mean, that's, every team's so diminished. This usually happens to playoffs, but this year's been the worst of any. All right, so now, we give it to Chris AB, Paul. ABC sitting there. ABC sitting <laughs> They're there. They're going, going, darn. Lord almighty, please <laughs> don't let it be Phoenix and Milwaukee because only people in Arizona and Wisconsin will watch. And one I guy mean, in Connecticut we know of. And one guy in Connecticut. I mean, if the only rating saver would be Philadelphia the Clippers because you'd have the Doc Rivers and you've got L.A. and the Philadelphia market. You'd have the East Coast in L.A. But with Embiid injured, I don't see that. And you just don't know. I don't know. Brooklyn I mean, versus Clippers would be an interesting matchup, too. Um, but another yeah, thing I wanted to talk to you about was when Joker got ev- evicted the other game. And I went, what? And we were texting in our group like, "That? are you kidding me? The MVP got thrown out for showing some frustration and anger. And so he's out. MVP's out. Was that the right or wrong call? Here's the difference between 2021 and 1990, okay? Because you remember the bad boys who physically intimidated Michael Jordan, the so-called Jordan rules. I mean, it's, it's called And all different. the bad boys walk with a limp now. <laughs> the, way the, the way the rule comes, if you throw down on your arm, that's a flagrant too. That's the rule. I mean, the motion of striking down or a chopping motion which he did. And we always talk about, you know, the, the stars get leeway. The stars get the calls. Well, he didn't, and he's the MVP. And, you know, would that have made a difference? They were down three games no, to zero. No, they, they were, were coming back. Out. That game was over. I mean, that you know, ever since Murray got injured, Denver was not a legitimate contender. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> We're talking about other co-hosts right now who do this yes, podcast. Yes, big Denver us. fan. Yes, he's had a rough last two weeks between the Avalanche and the Nuggets. And again, I picked the Avalanche to be the NHL Finals. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, you know, I didn't consider them a real contender in that respect because they're diminished. Phoenix is operating, but again, they're vulnerable. If Chris Paul goes down, he's already been injured one time. Phoenix won't win it. Uh, you just don't know who's going to show up for Brooklyn. Hamstring injuries are hard to come back from. Harden's trying. You don't know how severe the injury is to the DMRI. I mean, I've seen guys go down with both those injuries and not return. So and, can Durant carry them? No, no, no. KD can't carry them. No. I mean, they're defensively, they're already weak inside. No, KD can't handle them. That, that, that won't happen. All right. Well, so you're gonna you're gonna get a wounded team come out of the East, uh, and you know, if everybody was healthy, I'd have it. But you would watch no matter what, Mar- whatever the matchup oh, yeah. is, you're gonna watch. Yeah, I mean, I watched. The you watch worst. spring football. You'll watch anything. Yeah, I watch spring. I mean, the worst NBA matchup was probably '99. That was the Knicks, who were the eighth seed, going against the Spurs. No, no, no. That was 
that was 94. That was OJ. That was when OJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. No, 99. That's, a, that's yeah. all right. That's why they make Google. You can find out later. That's so. right. We'll look out later. Yeah, that's but, right. You don't have to remember everything. The ratings ratings are down, but, you know, that's because no LeBron. I mean, that's just naturally. He's the draw. We're going to go through the period, kind of like we did when MJ left. Ratings going to drop for a while, and and but they'll they'll find another star. Yeah. They will. It may be Joe Kitsch. It may be. They'll, they'll, we'll find another. NBA has lasted seventy five years. They'll they'll find some more stars. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the NHL. Um, I've been finding myself watching more NHL playoffs than NBA because for me, the NBA it's until the fourth quarter. I'm not going to watch it. And if it's already a blowout, it's like yeah. In the same way, sort of with hockey, I will watch it when it gets to the third period. But I like watching it even in the first and second period, because I want to see how rough it is and what the tempo of the game, if the goalie's on or not. And right now we're going to quite a matchup between the Islanders, who most people didn't see going this far, with the 1-0 lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have one of the best goalies in all the NHL. Is it? I sort of feel like the Islanders just have the right mojo going on. I, you know, the momentum, they're cohesive, their coach has a good experience. Um, I picked Vegas to win it all, and they're still in it. They're playing Montreal. But, Ernest, are you going to go with somebody besides the Avalanche at this point? I still think it's going to be the Lightning. I mean, they oh, were flat go Lightning, first sorry. Game. I'm going to go Lightning. I mean, uh, the Islanders are, are probably the best overall team. And a lot of people think, well, they have no stars. You know, Farlamoff is a, is a good goalie. You, you compare him to the other three goalies, uh, Flurry, I mean, uh, Flurry and 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 Vasimov and, uh, and uh, Carey Price, he comes out fourth. But he's done a decent job. And there, you know, Kyle Palmieri and Josh Bailey and, and Clutterbuck, those are some decent players. This is just a hardworking <coughs> lunchbox type, lunch pail bunch of guys. For the Islanders. I mean, it's a physical team. Yeah, and, and they're go and they're – you know their their coach has got a, he's won a Stanley Cup with the, with the uh, Capitals right, and so this, this is a solid solid team. Trotz has always brought a physical toughness to every team he's ever coached, yeah. but the talent of the Lightning is so overwhelming. I think it'll be the Lightning, and I think it'll be the Golden Knights in the finals, which be a nice matchup. I mean, the Golden Knights are, are you know don't have as many stars; they've got a lot of good players and they got a great goalie uh the canadians i mean they've got a whole nation rooting for them and price is the best goalie yeah well you uh, mentioned I just don't think just they the, have the offense i just don't think they have the offense to score go well, ahead you just called the islanders the lunchbox type of guys and once again that's an old man reference and back in the old days you had to carry your lunch to school with you in a plastic or metal lunchbox that had usually some type of character on it. Did you take a lunchbox to elementary school or did you go home for lunch? <laughs> I had a lunchbox. Oh, did you have Fantastic you Four or what did you have? No, no, Rat Patrol. Rat Patrol, oh my gosh. You don't remember the Rat Do you remember I the Rat Patrol? I do remember the Rat Patrol. It's, it's set in like the desert of Africa. It's the Germans uh-huh. against the Allied forces and they have these cool Jeeps with machine guns on them. And they're always and trying they're to outmaneuver from now each other. Oh yeah, it was probably shot in the Mojave Desert, but because you didn't have a lot. Yeah, I had a Rat Patrol lunchbox. There is a restaurant 
a little eatery place in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina called The Toastery. And its walls are surrounded by antique lunchbox of various shows, the Beverly Hillbillies, the Andy Griffith Show, the Munsters, Adam's Family. I mean, Wild Wild West. It is just a neat little place to eat at. Scooby-Doo. I mean, it's... Of course, the great thing was, as a third grader, lunchboxes were not only nice for keeping your food cool and warm, if you were approached by a sixth or seventh grader who wanted to take your lunch money, it was a great defensive device. (laughs) Kind of like elementary school nunchucks. So it was like uh, WWE in elementary school with lunchboxes? Oh, yeah. Just flip it around, use it, you know, hit on the edge. It was a great defensive weapon at that time. And you get ragged on by the older kids, but again, it was a nice way of defending yourself. Yes, right. I used my lunchbox as a defensive weapon at that time. Right. Okay. I was just going to... And lunchbox goes all the way back to the famous steel workers in New York and factory workers that, they're, you know, back then money was really tight and you just couldn't go out and get a grab a quick lunch or anything. So their wives always packed them a lunch uh, and they would eat it wherever they were at and sort of filter down to the elementary school kids um at some point all right and plus i remember we had the baggies you remember the before ziplocs you you put your sandwich in a baggie and then we would always the baggie just had a fold so you to after we got done eating we would blow up the bag seal it and then pop it with our hand and then the lunch monitor would look around and we pretend it wasn't us type of thing real real scandalous stuff huh folks wasn't it the greatest lottery for elementary school because your parents wouldn't tell you what was in was opening the lunchbox and going, please let it be ham. Please let it, don't let it be souse meat. <laughs> or tuna. Don't let it be uh. fat. Or tuna. Oh, open that tuna in that bag. Couldn't just help. Uh. And then maybe a soft drink in the thermos. Not Maybe not just milk or maybe chocolate milk. Ah, oh, the yes. dishy swah of lunchtime desires for. And then there was the trade procedure where you could trade the food with other kids. Maybe you saw something on the lunch menu, which was better than your apple or your snack that your mom sent you or your sandwich. You'd trade the snack for, I don't know, a brownie, maybe spaghetti. It was the whole bartering system. Or pudding you learned, or whatever. You learned economics carrying your lunchbox to school. And you learned life could be a ham sandwich with cheese with mayo or souse meat, good or bad. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah, when I went down south, my wife introduced me to potted meat. And I'm like, what's potted meat? And it's like ground up meat in a little can. It's and, what's left. It's uh, basically they scrape it off of the abattoir floor uh, and they compress it uh, no, into a gelatinous no, no, no. mess. No, no, no. There, there's another description of it in the movie Sling Blade, but we can't do that over <laughs> the air. Uh, what, uh, something on a slab what he, or something? No, no. He talks about certain parts of an animal. Oh. Certain segments of male animals. Oh, yeah. We're respect. not going there. Oh, That's close no, we're going. I'm not going to do my Carl Childers impression from yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So we won't do that. But it's uh, you're right. I'm more excited over the NHL, the Santa Cup playoffs, and the NBA, because the NBA, you just don't know who's going to show up. And, and again, there are some wholesome individuals playing particularly for the Nets. I mean, it's, 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 and again, Embiid being injured, we're, 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 it's going to be a war of attrition, kind of like 
more than the best team, I'm afraid. Uh, they'll still be the champions, and I don't put no asterisk on them. You know, a lot of people wanted to put an asterisk on the Lakers championship last year. You win a championship, you win a championship. I mm. mean, they don't take it away. Look sure. what the Astros did. You win, you're a winner. All right. Well, are you ready for your next topic, Mr. Yes. Sage? So one of the things I heard real quickly last weekend um, when I was up north, I was supposed to go fishing, but it didn't turn out with my brother and we came back home, was they some ideas were floated about going to a 12-team playoff in college football instead of the four that we currently have. So we would jump from a four to a 12, not a four to eight, but a four to a 12. Ernest, are you in favor of such madness? Yeah, but you know what's being done? Money. Filthy lucre. They've lost all the teams, all the conferences lost money because of COVID, and they're looking for a quick financial injection. Now, the only they can't do this to 2026 because of the contract they have with ESPN. And there are going to be some residual effects here. Uh, the biggest is you're going to see the end of some bowls, but I'm not going to be surprised if some bowls don't come back anyway because of COVID. Some of these might. Now, you got to realize of the 43 bowls, yes, there are 43 bowls. About 30 of them are owned by ESPN. And it doesn't matter if anybody shows up because it's programming. They basically get four hours of programming which would be cheaper than paying for the rights for an NBA game or NFL game. It's just programming and it's programming they're getting instead of Fox because people will watch a two and 17 play in a bowl game. They did this year. Mississippi was two and seven. They made it to a bowl game. So you're going to see the death of some bowl games, which is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, you're still going to see the same five teams win a championship. It's going to be Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Okay? It's it's the same. We go in these segments where you see that. I mean, in the 90s, it was Miami, Notre Dame, Nebraska. In the 70s, it was USC, Texas, Ohio State. I mean, we never see a pure proliferation. One year, Georgia Tech won half a championship. One year, BYU won a championship back in 79. But that's out of the last 50 years, it's been the same basic guilty partners. I mean, this is just going to make money, but do you think this is going to get Florida to a national championship? No. Do you think this is going to get, I mean, do you really think this is going to open up for Michigan? If Michigan slips in as the eleventh or twelfth team, yeah, do you the, think they're going to win? The teams they're not going to win a championship. The teams that are deeper and more talented always go there because they just can plug in. Like, look at last year, Alabama lost Waddle, their best wide receiver, and you know Smith becomes the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, talent and depth always wins in football. It's rare when it doesn't. Um, so it's a money grab. I'm okay with that because I do. I'd rather watch college football than practically anything else on TV. Um, so I'm okay with it. And the top four teams are going to have an overwhelming advantage because they're going to get a buy for the first week. Right. The, the question is, can a football team get hot just like March Madness basketball teams get hot? But there's so much more to football. I mean, basketball, you have you know maybe seven players 
who are really getting quality minutes. While football, you got everybody on the team, and it, it I don't know. I don't see it has the same magic in the bottle, you know, Cinderella story like you're talking about. Um, the only comparison we have is the NFL. Look at last year. Tampa Bay barely beat Washington in the first round of the playoffs. Tampa Bay did not look like the world champions the first round. They got no momentum from that whatsoever. So you're right. Football is not a momentum sport. It's a health sport. Are you healthy enough? If your major players are healthy, you, you, you pretty much produce. And it's a matchup aspect also. So, you know, the advantage those top four teams are going to have a bye week when they face a team which has played the week before and they're rested and they're ready to go, you, you're still going to see that top four. But people I, love I, hope. It, you know, if just give me a shot. Let me have a chance oh, at that's, it. That's why, that's why lotteries are so successful. Yeah. Why, why else would you waste your money on something when the odds are more than a million to one to win, yet people pour money in it all the time? Yeah, hope. You know, like Shawshank Redemption, like Andy Dufresne says, hope is not the only thing. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to Another old on. reference, a 30-year-old movie. <laughs> Sorry, folks. But it's always on TV, TNT or TBS. Shash. Yes, yes. That and Armageddon. Right? All right. Constantly have to be run on TBS. So we've taken care of three of the major sports. We're going to go to not the NFL. Tennis? We're going to the <laughs> not to tennis, although, man, right, um, was it uh, Nadal and Djokovic? We watched that third set that was unbelievable on clay. And uh, while it was happening, that was amazing. Anyway, I want to talk to you about baseball because a couple of weeks ago, uh, Manfred came out and said, hey, we're going to crack down on pitchers using foreign substances. The e- and it, it, it seemed like, okay, they realized the ERA was way too low across the board. Haney was down. So they have to get, finally get serious about pitchers using foreign substances. And we're not just talking spitballs. Um, we're not talking just Vaseline on a cap of a pitcher's hat. We realize now that it's been a lot of different things, from suntan lotion to stickum to all sorts of things. And just this week, a pitcher named Tyler Glass now for the Tampa Rays, I didn't say Devil Rays, but I wanted to, um, hurt himself, his... his um, shoulder and he blames it on the major league baseball saying you can't use foreign substances anymore and i went wait a second he was doing something against the rules they told him don't do it let him still play and he hurts his shoulder and blames the the major league baseball for not letting him use something to pitch with he said he was gripping it too tight because he couldn't use the slick stuff and therefore it's their fault does this make sense to you, Ernest, or is it just me? No, no. He was trying to put too much torque on it and injured his arm because he's been using. Let me ask you a question. You watch baseball fairly regularly, don't you? Yeah. When was the last time you saw a pitcher wet his fingers in his mouth? Oh, well, they do it you all the time. his finger. No, 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 no. Really? When's the last time you've seen that happen? See, we're going, have you ever heard of the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect is the idea or concept that since something's happened, we assume because people are telling us that the goes back to the concept that people, most people you ask them will tell you they remember when Nelson Mandela died. Nelson Mandela is still alive. It's the same thing with baseball. We think you haven't seen a pitcher stick his fingers to his mouth to wet it in the last two years. Do you know why they're using this tacky sticky stuff? that weightlifters use. They don't want to poison themselves. 
No, they tried to lick their fat tongue would pull out. It's that <laughs> adhesive. This tacky stuff is so adhesive. It gets a great grip on the ball where you can put a spin on it. Yeah, the a higher curve. spin rate. That's the big thing. That's what the right now you got pitchers that are throwing over forty percent of the pitchers are curves, breaking balls. That's the big thing. Because batters now are taking an upward arc that's trying to drive Well, I, I get about the foreign substance, but what I'm asking you is how can this Glasgow in look straight in the camera and say it's the major league baseball's fault? I mean Is that any different than Garrett Cole being asked does he use foreign substances and saying, I can't answer that question? Well, at least he which, would look sheepish when he, he said answered, that. He, but he answered the question. He just didn't say yes. Yeah, he did. He answered by, but this guy, if he, he abided by the rules. Now he's blaming them for not letting him use this stuff. Anyways, I, I don't want to belabor he the att- point. He attempted to throw as he was throwing with uh, he's been using the tacky stuff to get spin on the ball. He tried to throw with the same torque and injured his shoulder. He had to apply more torque with his arm to get the curve to go, and that's how he injured his shoulder. He didn't have to use that much torque when he had the tacky material on his fingertips. Then he could get the spin he wanted. So you see, we're, and, do you think we're going to see more injuries with pitchers now because they can't use the stuff? Yeah, I, I think we'll see better hitting. I mean, this is what a dirty little secret. This is the reverse of the steroids. This has been going on for a long time. This isn't like Gaylord Perry with his slippery elbow sauce and his cough drops, or Joe Necro with his nail file, <laughs> where he gets sharp with his nails, you know, when he lifted out his right. arms to show the umpire, threw the file away. This is a clear substance. I mean, this has been going on since I've been alive. Right. Use saliva, but, use KY jelly, use suntan lotion. Whitey Ford used it. But you've gotten to a point where the two biggest outcomes in baseball is a strikeout and a home run, which is incredibly boring. Baseball attendance has gone down. Really, realistically, it's gone down for the last 10 years. The dirty little secret is baseball teams buy their own tickets to inflate their attendance so it doesn't look like they're a losing product. You're a sport that's in a crisis. And if they don't start putting fannies in the seat and people behind the seat, they're going to start losing money. They already lost a lot last year. You got Manfred, who is a puppet for the owners, and the only reason this action is going is because they're losing money. Not because the sport is suffering. It's because people aren't showing up for the games. They're not buying the ticket packages. They're not watching on TV. Advertising rates but are going But we both down. love going to baseball games. That's the point. Oh, yeah. Baseball can be really awesome on a summer day just to talk and watch the crowd and relax. It's one of the most relaxing sporting events you'll ever go to. Some people say it's boring. It's boring on TV, but in person... It's just an experience, and I think they just need to keep building that up. And I see this reaction as saying, okay, we got to have more hitting. we got to get the pitchers cleaned up. And whether Glasgow likes it or not, he, he's his own well, person. He hurt his own shoulder. Don't blame it on the MLB. Don't also forget the effect of baseball getting competition from hockey 
and basketball in the summer months. They're competing for consumer dollars, and they know they have to do something. I mean, they've never had an arrangement of young stars like they do now. I mean, the young talent, uh, Guerrero Jr., Acuna, I mean, the guys they have are exciting players, yet the ratings are going lower and lower and lower. Oh, they did go higher that, there for a while. Um, on the other podcast we do, Boys of Summer, uh, with some guys, they were saying that the ratings were actually up for a while because of all the streaming services that people had. But I got one more pro sport to go to before we wrap it up in a little bit, Ernest. I want to go to the Shield, the NFL. Today, Derek Carr said that if he wasn't with the Raiders, if they tried to trade him, he would quit. Does, do you take this as a sign that the Raiders are trying to get Aaron Rodgers? Oh, yeah. I was one of the teams he said he wanted to go to. And uh, nice to see you, Carr. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, he doesn't want to be traded to the Packers. That's basically it. He's just saying, I won't be. I mean, I think the last time we talked, I said 50 50. Uh, I think Rodgers is gone. I, I know mean, he's he got seems the GM, to really be digging in his heels. Well, the GM, the president come out and say he's a complicated guy. And uh, these are just not things you say in public if you want to mend a relationship. I still think Denver is the odds on favorite. Uh, either one of those teams, you're still in the same division with Kansas City. So he's not going to increase his odds. Right now where he's at is his best chance to get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think they've gone too far. I don't think they can repair this. Yeah, the relationship is, is shot, and I don't see where – and then I think the president came out and said that Aaron Rodgers has divided the fans. Dude, dude, that's just not – and then I – I have a lot of relatives who are big-time Packer fans. I have relatives in Wisconsin, and they're they're split. But uh, you know, this just isn't going to end well. We're, we're going to see him in another jersey. I mean, and the problem is, the longer this lasts, the less the Packers will get for him. Which brings up and the point make- when we see, like we saw Brady in a Tampa Bay jersey, seemed really weird to us. Who is the weirdest jersey switch, or what was the weirdest jersey switch you ever saw? Where you had one player? I got, I got to go old school. I got two. Okay. John Unitas in a San Diego Chargers jersey. Yeah, played for the and Colts John, forever. You loved the Colts. Yeah, yeah, and Joe Namath in a Rams jersey. Played for the Jets. Those were weird. He had no knees left when he made it to the Rams. Yeah, Jerry Rice in a Seahawks jersey. Oh uh, yeah. Uh. That was that was weird. Franco Harris in a Seahawks jersey. Uh, Brett it's Favre strange in a Vikings then. jersey. No, the Jets jersey more than the Vikings. The Jets, because that that was more. Clear. He knew he was leaving after that. It's gonna be strange seeing Watt in a Cardinals uniform. I mean, there's there's certain guys that that. Uh, or Montana uh, playing for Kansas City seemed weird. Yeah, too. Emmett Smith in a Cardinals uniform. That was that was strange. That was weird. Well, now you have Julio uh, Jones in Tennessee. I wonder if that's going to work out. Yeah, I, I think the Titans now are the second best team in the AFC. I think they jumped above Buffalo. They're just right behind the Chiefs, and they match up pretty good with the Chiefs because if they get a lead, they can run the ball. You just you just hope Tannehill can be a 
a Super Bowl quarterback in that respect. But yeah. that's, you know, that's, again, you know my feelings on the market on wide receivers. I think it's flooded. But but he is such a threat that because what's going to happen is corners are going to have to split out wide and they're going to have to double him and the other wide receiver Brown and the tight end they're probably going to trade for Ertz from the Eagles so you got a middle linebacker on a good catching tight end and you're going to really divide the field if you run a draw with Derek with with Henry he's going to be wide open. Miss a real potent offense. They got to get a tight end, uh, but but you know the big difference is they don't have a Mahomes back there, and and you never, uh, you know, what he can do with the ball is always going to be a. You just don't know what he magic he can pull in that respect. Yeah, but they're the second best team in the AFC right now. Okay, I have a question that I think only you could answer, Ernest. You ready for this next one? Oh, the pressure. The pressure. No pressure, man. All right, okay. so they announced that spring football is going to be back, and they're trying to expand USFL. it. USFL. But I asked, I thought, wait a second, what happened to the XFL and the Rock? And then I heard something that the CFL is in negotiations with the XFL. Is that right? That is correct. Back in 1994, the CFL expanded Let's to the United States. Let's take the time States. machine back to 1994. Yes, they expanded to the United States for three years. Had teams in Vegas, Sacramento, Houston, Baltimore, Shreveport, Memphis, and Birmingham. And they actually, attendance was higher than the CFL. So I assume they're going to try and do that too. The big difference is, is the CFL going to move to a spring season? So next spring, you will have the hybrid XFL-CFL. You have the USFL, which is retaining all the logos and images from the mid-80s. Yes, the New Jersey Generals, the Michigan Panthers, the Houston Gamblers, the Los Angeles Express are coming back. And you'll have the Spring League, which is concluding their championship this Saturday with the Mega Bowl. <laughs> yes, Not the Flint, Michigan uh, Tropics Mega Bowl in the Will Ferrell movie, but they're having a Mega Bowl game. Between, I think, the linemen. It sounds like an item at Taco Bell. Get the Mega Bowl, Mega Bowl chicken and steak and guacamole. Well, that was the championship that Will Ferrell creates to get the yeah, tropics in the ABA. <laughs> Another 15-year-old movie ever first in that respect. I mean, year-round football, I love it. I mean, I'll watch it. And at the same time, we have the EFL coming out. The what, huh? Which is Europe, Europe, European Football League. And they're retaining some of the names from NFL Europe. Like Barcelona Dragons or whatever? Yes, yes. Frankfurt Galaxy. Oh, yeah. And the Cologne Centurions. Okay, none. all these can't make it. Which one of these is going to fold the first? Well, see, the trick is they don't have to make it. They don't need a merger. This is what they need to do. You have a major network that has no programming except between July and February. And that's the NFL Network. You do a deal with the NFL Network where they can show live football 52 weeks a year, that's the money. So that's who's, what you who's, want. Do you think The Rock has insight on that? Or do you think the Spring League, USFL well, has the Spring Well, 
the USFL has a contract with Fox Sports already. Oh. Now, remember, Fox Sports, ESPN, just knocked off a major competitor with NBC Sports, which is going dead December 31st. Okay, ESPN, TNT Sports have just bought the NHL. That's more programming. They're squeezing programming. They bought all these bowl games. They're trying to squeeze as much programming as a way from Fox Sports. All Fox Sports has right now is Major League Baseball and half of the NASCAR. And NFL. So now, and, well, I'm talking about Fox One channel, not, not Fox Sports, your local well, They have baseball, Fox don't channel. they? They have baseball. Major League Baseball, that's it, and NASCAR. So what do they do early spring? In baseball, they have to share with ESPN and TBS. So they get a sports league. They get the USFL. It's programming. To these channels, it is all about rights fees, okay? People complain about ESPN not doing journalism. They're not a journalistic entity anymore. They are a rights fee owner. All right, Ernest, which league will fold first? Unless the CFL gets money from the Canadian government, they won't last the end of the season. Oh, there we go. We're getting to the nitty-gritty now. Yeah, so CFL, you can't remember what Rock does. He's in trouble. Yeah, the XFL's already taken a year off, one year out of sight, out of mind. Uh, USFL, which is funded by both Fox Sports and the guy who owns the Spring League. So they're probably on better financial ground right now. All right, all right. This will be our fourth spring league football team in the last four years. <laughs> now, Bill, why, why do you think they keep trying? Cause and they, they don't want to merge. The USFL back in the eighties wanted to merge with the NFL. And they've got like two bucks for their three bucks. Three bucks. They want a dollar damage. It was trebled in financial court. So it was three bucks. Yeah. Uh, all this, most of these sports come out, the world football league, they want to merge with the NFL. Well, none of these sports want to do that. They want to be a financial, they want to be supported by a network and get enough money to turn a profit, but mm-hmm. they, they don't want to merge with the NFL. They might want to be a feeder league in my right, league, I think AAA, that's it. but that's not where they're looking. That's not going to be a lot of money. They're yeah. looking from a TV aspect. All right. Well, we're going to start wrapping it up and Ernest, I know you always have something to say at the end, but just the latest news I was seeing on NFL Network is that Peyton Manning is going to add to his long list of accomplishments and be the 35th member of the Denver Broncos Ring of Fame. If you had a ring of fame around your pool, in your backyard, <laughs> who would be the first three people? Would it be MJ, number one? Yes. Number two, Roy Williams or Oh, or Dean oh Smith? thank you. Oh, man. Can I do Dean and Roy Slash? Right. I got four. Uh, Mount Rushmore. You got to give me four. Not okay, three. so you have a Mount Rushmore at your backyard. Yes. You have yes. Michael Jordan, Dean Smith, like a two face with. <laughs> well, no, you give me four. You give me Roy. You give me Dean. Yeah. You give me MJ, and the last one is really hard because you know my gut feelings: Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, Earl Weaver. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, but but I got to go with, and and this may be tempered because of what's happened recently. 
uh, Henry Aaron. Wow, that's a good pick. That's a real nice pick. All that Thank you. Thank you. Hey, who's your four? I was just thinking that. I just around thought the Chicago, idea. Of, not your pool. Not around the, I, yeah, know, I know one. you got to go Gordy Howe, right? You know it. It's got to be Gordy Howe. It's got to be up there. Al Kaline's got to be. Al Kaline. There number, you go. Yeah. The other three and four, um, I'm really struggling. Not Bo? Not Bo? No. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, if you read the news, Bo has had a lot of shade thrown at him from his own stepson about how he didn't handle a physician well. The physician at U of M was giving physicals and he was touching every part of the guy's bodies, whether they needed to or not. And, um, uh, back in can, those can days, say, that can was I say two things about that. Well, let me finish. Okay, let finish, me finish. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, back in those days, that was called being thorough. And now we realize it's these days that they were just sick. This doctor was sick and, and why they didn't stop him and why Bo didn't do things. And there's calls for Bo Schembechler's uh, statue to be torn down in front of, you know, I it's it's really sad, and I I do think at some level it's comparable to Joe Paterno, um, some of that mindset, and um, I just keep on hoping that U of M, the Michigan, just handles it continually, being saying, hey, not deny it, and they haven't denied it, they've apologized, and um, the people who were victims get a fair hearing and compensation at some point. Anyways, that bow will not be on my. Top four. Um, get, uh, let me make my two quick statements real quick like, before we leave that subject. A, I, I find it difficult when people aren't alive to defend themselves. Joe Paterno was alive to defend himself during all that. Uh, my heart goes out to the victims, of course. And I think this is the beginning of other revelations. We've seen this at Michigan State. We've seen this at Ohio State and uh, Penn State. And to think that of the 300 major institutions, this was isolated instances, I think is uh, at best ignorance, at worst just living in a, a, a very fantasy world. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 that's the society. I'm sorry that made Paul nervous. He's wondering what I was going to say, but go well, ahead. I have Your editorial privilive. privilege after this. Oh, if I really it. want to take oh, it away. Yeah. My top four, getting back to the, I'm going to take your Mount Rushmore approach instead of the ring of honor. I'm going to put Al Kaline, Gordy Howell, Cal Ripken Jr. And Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. I was a huge fan growing up and Cal Ripken when I lived in Baltimore, not, you know, he did so much for that community, still a class act and Gordy Howell, just amazing Michigan, um, uh, and then now Kaline. So there we go. So Ernest, your last few minutes. Oh, wow. Well, we, we touched on this a little bit. Uh, Djokovic winning the French Open has an opportunity to do something. It's only been done once before. It was done by Steffi Graf, and that's called the the Golden Sweep. Uh, he's already won the Australian Open. He has won the French Open. If he wins Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, and he'll represent uh, Serbia in the Olympics. If he can win all five events, again, Steffi Graf is the only one that pulled that off. And though I like Nadal, uh, he had that, that, again, that lunch pail, hardworking. I've always admired his playing style. And Roger Federer has always been to me the greatest ever. He is the classiest, most entertaining tennis player I've ever seen. Uh, when you look at sheer numbers, even though Djokovic is not the most appealing 
personality in the world <laughs> and his style of tennis is not aesthetically the most entertaining. Uh, I think there's no doubt that if he pulls off this golden sweep or this, uh, he's going to be considered the greatest men's tennis player of all time. Mm. Mm. That's pretty good. All right. My few minutes are that it's summer and some of the sports that nobody watches, but you can do on your own are lots of fun, like going swimming or going fishing. I, yes, I call it fishing a sport. Uh, going for a hike through the woods, uh, camping. You know, these are the outdoor type sports. Uh, besides the ticks that you might run into, it's not painful. It's fun. Get out there, enjoy your swimming. And if you see me limping around after I try to go for a run, offer me a ride in a co-pack, okay? All right, that's it for part of the confusion. Well, well, now, there is fun giving your partner a tick search afterwards. That can Whoa, be romantic. I think I definitely need to edit that out. Wow. Can I, can I add one more thing before we depart? Sure, why for not? For our listeners, uh, please do something that me and Paul are unable to do this weekend. It is Father's Day. And no matter what your relationship is, you only get one earthly father. And if you physically cannot go see him, at least give him a call. And you have learned a lot from your father. And uh, coming from two gentlemen that miss our fathers so very, very much, you don't not promise the opportunity to uh, give your dad a call next Father's Day. So give him a call. Give him a hard time. Uh, remind him of all the dad things. Let him tell a few dad jokes. It's okay. If it's funny to him, it's act like it's funny to you. But uh, again, revel in this opportunity. Every moment we get is a gift, and we should treat it like that. That's there you all go. I got. There you go. It's so true. It's a Hallmark card, but it's also true. So, yeah, call your dad this weekend if you can. So for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold for Pardon the Confusion. Email us at gobluearnold at gmail.com or listen to us on sportscountry.net, which is a great um, sports radio on your great www-type website. So thanks for listening and have a good night. <laughs>